and welcome to Fintech Insider Insights. I'm Laura Watkins, executive producer here at 11FS. In this slightly different episode of the podcast, we're looking behind the scenes of Fintech Insider, talking to the people who make this show possible, the Fintech Insider insiders, uh, and taking a look back at some of our highlights from the past year. We know that Fintech Insider wouldn't be possible without all of you listening every week. Our mission is to help bring the fintech community together through our content. And we mean this literally, as we facilitate conversations with industry experts in our weekly news and insight shows, as well as taking the podcast to you in our regular After Dark events. We are also proud to have created a platform built around this podcast that engages, informs, and, we hope, entertains finance and fintech professionals all over the world. Through our social channels, we get to keep that conversation alive with you 24-7, and you get to set the agenda. So as part of this episode, a big hello to all of you from the UK to the USA, from New Guinea to New Zealand, from Spain to Singapore, and from our listeners in over 190 countries who have heard our show this year. From all of us at 11FS, thank you so much for listening. And now let's jump in. Firstly, a big hello to our senior show producer, Liam Heffernan. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to Vintech Insider, which feels weird to say because <laughs> you work on this every week. But, you know, welcome to being on the microphone. How does it feel? Yeah, uh, it, it's weird. Uh, normally, I'm sat on the other side of the room uh, behind the mic with no pressure whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, it's different. Uh, and for our listeners who might be slightly unfamiliar or just to give people a, a kind of a view of uh, what you do on a daily basis, what, what does a producer do for Fintech Insider? Uh, well, I mean, if you ask my wife, she'd tell you that all I do is have meetings and send emails all day, um, which isn't too far from the truth uh, some days. Uh, but I mean, actually, on Fintech Insider, that is pretty much what I have to do every day because I'm surrounded by an amazing team who we're going to meet. Um, so I don't have to be the designer or the marketer or the editor um, because all of those people are here and they do a much better job than I ever would. Um, so I guess a producer really just has to pull everything together, make sure everyone is where they need to be, when they need to be there. Um and make sure the show actually gets recorded and goes out, um, which thankfully it does, or I wouldn't have a job anymore. That is a fairly important part, isn't it? <laughs> Making sure it actually gets recorded on the day. So I don't want to ask you this question, but what's the worst part of this job? Or like, what's the what's the challenges uh, in this role? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, as prepared as you can be, um, as you know, Laura, you're one of the OGs on this podcast and you produced a lot of episodes things always go wrong last minute you know guests pull out um tech doesn't work mm -hmm. stories crop up that you have to swap out um so there's always that that pressure you know you want to sort things out and sometimes there is that panic you don't quite know if it's going to work or if the show's going to go out um but somehow i don't know how we find a way and it does and you know there's, there's always that sense of accomplishment when it mm -hmm. does especially when your back is really against the wall um and I think what's even more important is that Fintech Insider actually has a lot of listeners. Um, I've worked mm -hmm. on a lot of podcasts in my time that don't have many listeners at all. Um, so there isn't really any pressure, you know, if something doesn't go out. Um, Fintech Insider is very different because a lot of people rely on us every week for the content and they like what we do and, you know, we have to deliver. But we always find a way, as you said. Always, yeah. And I think that is you know, part of it, like the huge sense of accomplishment when you when you pull off an episode that was maybe one of the more trickier ones or it, it kind of came together last minute. But the point is it always comes together uh, and we, we always get uh, a show out there for our listeners. Mm -hmm. um, so let's flip that around. There's obviously amazing good parts of this role what are some of the best bits what has been your highlights since you joined us well uh, i'm not going to take the credit for the whole year because uh, i i sort of joined the team mid-year and inherited an amazing show uh, i have to say that but um there's always uh, a couple of highlights uh, from the past few months uh, the first 
because I have a lot bit of a radio background, uh, I have to give a shout out to David Barton Grimley because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why this guy is not a continuity announcer or he'd, he'd have an amazing career in radio. He has a voice that I envy uh, massively. So I, I very much enjoy producing him. Um, but I think, you know, that first show that, that you produce is always the standout. And uh, uh, mine was um, for good and uh, probably bad reasons. Um, I mean, because it was great having that responsibility of pulling the show together for the first time. Um, but Laura, you were definitely the saviour that week in, <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, I, I think it was a baptism by fire. Uh, stories got changed uh, last minute and the host got changed last minute as well as Benjamin Ensor, one of our regular hosts, uh, had some fairly insurmountable tech issues and uh, it was down to Laura to step in at literally the last second. Was it about 30 seconds notice? Yeah, we were basically uh, about to press record, or I think we even did press record, and and that that final press of the button was too much for Benjamin's tech setup, uh, and it it completely failed on us, uh, and and me and Alex kind of looked at each other, and it was like, well. I'm just going to have to do this, otherwise we don't have a show. So yeah. yeah, maybe I had 30 seconds to take a deep breath and pull myself together. But yeah, we just had to step in and and, and make it happen. Uh, and meanwhile, I had absolutely no idea this was happening because uh, although it was my second week, I had the day off, um, which was turned out very handy on my part because I didn't have to deal with any of this. Um, and then I come back on Friday and like everything had gone to pot. Um, but on that note, uh, we can talk about this episode all we like. Let's hear a clip of that very episode from back in September. Take a listen. From 11FS, this is Fintech Insider News, and I am your host, Laura Watkins. Filling in, as your usual hosts are super busy doing some really exciting things with clients all over the world. So I'm stepping out from behind the scenes and taking to the mic for this week's show. So you wouldn't know anything had gone wrong because Laura is a superstar and she doesn't pick herself up enough. Um, and it's not just luck uh, because a lot of people uh, work really hard to make FinTech Insider what it is. Uh, so let's just meet some of the team behind the scenes who do such a great job pulling it all together. Next up are the people who genuinely ensure you have a podcast to listen to each week. They do everything from sound checking guests, making it sound as good as possible in the room and working on the edit to ensure that it's even better in post uh, and uploading the final show to get it onto your podcast platforms. They do a sterling job. So let's give a huge hand to our AV team. First, I am joined by George Stuka, audio engineer. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. And Alex Woodhouse, audio producer. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, and we also want to shout out our videographer, Michael Bailey, who is not joining us today as he prefers to stay behind the camera rather than in front of it. Um, but also I want, to, I want to say thank you to to Liam and all the producers that have worked on Fintech Insider, past and present. You all do an incredible job uh, pulling this show together. Um, and it goes without saying that we, we couldn't do it without you. Um, but guys, starting with you, Alex, what does it feel like to be uh, in front of the microphone uh, for once? Uh, yeah, I mean, very scary. Uh, my respect for all of our hosts has just gone up exponentially in the last 10 seconds because, yeah, it's, this is not our comfort zone. But uh, yeah, we'll see how we get on. It's interesting to be this side for once. Yeah, and keeping an eye on the audio at the same time, making sure you are sounding good as well as everyone else in the room. Is that is that a strange experience? Yeah, I was very, very nervous for coming on because obviously I'm responsible of telling everyone what they need to do, how to set themselves up. And then I was just sure I was going to forget to charge my headphones or have some some issue. But I, th I think we're good. Monitoring ourselves is is, is a new experience. <laughs> how about you, George? How's it feel? Yeah, a lot of people say when you see the red dot, sort of, it's a little bit more real. And 
Yeah. Are you feeling that? I mean, I know that I'm in control of what goes out at the end of the day, but I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, you guys do have the power, though. You can edit yourselves to sound fantastic after this, so the rest of us are at your mercy. Um, so let's talk about this year. Uh, what's been your most memorable fintech insider experience this year? Uh, start with you, Alex. So for me, uh, I think it was definitely our After Dark event that we did in September, where we take our flagship news show out into the real world and bring it directly to our our lovely audience. Um, and I thought I thought this show was really good, um, both just because we had like an, a really good panel, including Sarah Castellano from JP Morgan, uh, Veronica Glatt from Innovate Finance, and uh, obviously our very own Ross Gallagher, who's always always fun to have on the pod, um, with David in the hosting seat. Um, yeah, the turnout was amazing. We always get a bit nervous as a team being like, oh, people have signed up, are they going to come, are they going to not? And then lo and behold, every time we get a great turnout. Um, and yeah, it's just really nice to to bring our production out into the open world and, and just get everyone together and, and see it all come to fruition. Yeah, completely agree. I love our After Dark events. Um, for that reason, like you, you make a podcast in a room like this, kind of in an enclosed space, and and you don't really know necessarily who you're quote unquote talking to uh, until you do an After Dark and you see people come out uh, and and watch it live, and you get to actually kind of be in amongst your listeners, which is super exciting. Um, and yeah, just I think it it speaks volumes that people are willing to come out on what I would consider to be one of the rainiest days of the entire year uh, to come and watch a podcast uh, about fintech. So we definitely don't take that for granted. That's like our privilege um, to, to do that. And that show was particularly good, uh, went really well. Audience was super engaged. The panel was great, as you said. Um, and yeah, it's just always good to kind of break out the studio occasionally um, and, and take the podcast on the road. So yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Um, George, any high points from you for this year? Uh, probably speaking of enclosed spaces would probably be Money 2020 Amsterdam, yeah. um, where we were recording Fintech Insider from a glass box and you feel like a caged animal <laughs> and on a conference that's got about 8,000 people to see people live, sort of like strolling past, sitting down, sort mm -hmm. of, to see who's on the other end of the the microphone um, is a... Uh, it's a nice feeling to see that there's real people behind it. Yeah, it is, it is really nice to see that. Although it did feel a little bit like a sort of podcast zoo, like yes. you're in a, in a glass space and then people are kind of watching you as they go and get their lunch or something. It's a, it's a slightly strange experience. Um, George, we, we always like to change our formats and some of the bits that are in the show that we, we kind of change the name for or, or the, the way that they work on the show. Uh, and so we want to give you credit uh, for coming up with the big click energy feature within the show. Um Thank you. Should we ask you how that name came about? I think you can tell for yourselves. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Or you say that uh, for in a, on a recent news show, Nicole Kasperson mistook what Kate said for something completely different. Uh, and we can, we can hear that clip now. Okay, well, now for a section of the show called Big Click Energy, a quick look at some more <laughs> click-worthy news. Did I say something weird? I'm no, going to start again now. No, I'm so sorry. Big Click Energy is so hilarious. I just love it. So I completely <laughs> understand the joke. So I laughed because I okay. am it's, mature. It's taking all I've got. Yeah. It's taking all I've got to not laugh when I say it. I'm and so, now you're, yeah, you're making it really difficult for me. Really good so. job, Kate. Really well done. You are a professional. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to do it again now. So we've ruined it. Okay, I'll have a go. Okay. I'll have a go. You stay quiet. Okay. 
Okay, now for Big Click Energy, a quick look at some more click-worthy news this week. Okay, so that is when names sometimes go a bit awry, mm-hmm. um, which you guys are no stranger to things not always going to plan. Um, what is it that you enjoy so much uh, about the kind of AV experience, though? Um, I think for me, it's kind of, as, as you said, it always presents challenges and it's that problem-solving mentality that we have to use every day across the entire end-to-end of the production. So whether that's in pre-production, checking you know people if they have firewalls, etc., or on recordings, we've had all sorts over the years, uh, be it street noise from outside. Uh, we've had call to prayer in the middle um, of a recording, Diwali fireworks and ice cream vans, of all things, in the British heatwave. So yeah, just, just fixing all those problems and then also carving out the show for the audience uh, so that it they can get the information in the most concise, but also fun and engaging, engaging way. Definitely. And I think obviously the, the pandemic forced all of us to go remote, which has had huge benefits for our podcast. It's allowed people to join the conversation from anywhere in the world. But that does present audio challenges that are wildly out of our control sometimes, as per the ice cream van example, that sort of thing. Um, uh, although having said that, even in the studio, we've had challenges where we've had unexpected fire drills in the middle of recordings, which again, uh, is not something we would we would really predict or enjoy having in the middle of a show um how about you george um i would go with again sort of the the shift to remote has been challenging but quite rewarding as well you can't necessarily just follow a cable and find out where it ends um you're sort of teasing information out of people because they're like yes i have a laptop and it worked 10 minutes ago you're like okay this is good. Um, and again, the the tenacity of our hosts um, with a host like Benjamin, as you said, with a fire drill, uh, willing to perish in the name of Fintech Insider. Um, yeah, it took a lot to get Benjamin to actually leave the building when the, uh, <laughs> when the alarm was going off. He was prepared to stay put and, and see the podcast through uh, until the fire warden persuaded him that it might be wise to actually leave the building. Um, and we had to pause the recording there. Um, but you guys have been working on Fintech Insider for some time now. You've spoken to, as we've just alluded to, guests from uh, all over the world, uh, across the entire spectrum of Fintech uh, and beyond. From your perspective, why do you think people kind of continue to listen and keep coming back to the podcast? It's often, I would say, as yeah. someone from outside of the industry, yeah. um, and it's quite hard to approach a lot of the subjects in a sort of fun and amusing way. Um, and sometimes the subjects aren't fun and amusing and are a lot more serious and affects lots of people around the world. But being able to facilitate that conversation sort of and with the move to remote, bringing people from all over the world and voices that we would have not otherwise been able mm-hmm. to sort of like give a platform to, um, I think that's a, uh, that's why we keep doing it. That's why I keep doing it. So, Absolutely. Alex? Um, yeah, I, I would agree with everything that George said. And um, I, I think as a subject matter and in industry, as a production team, we're very lucky to have something that is so fast paced and constantly evolving because it's very rare that we're short of subject matter to talk about. And there's just really exciting people doing exciting things. And it's really nice for us to all work on that and, and be allowed to sort of commentate on that. Definitely. 
Um, and we, yeah, we like to keep you busy by chucking new content formats at you and ideas around. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you guys roll with it all of the time, which is fantastic. And, and you keep us afloat. You've saved the day on numerous occasions. Um, but even the best laid plans can go awry, especially when the mics are on. Um, so thanks to you guys uh, for putting together a compilation of some of our favorite unexpected moments from 2023. And let's hear from them now. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants, putting suckers in fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Explosive. What, like what what the count <laughs> yeah it was a little bit actually wasn't it hello everybody it's wednesday are you ready one ah 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 episode one ah 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 wonderful who are on their cap table as well and uh, uh last what i was actually going to say is you know i'm actually a customer Don't know where that's i'm sorry going. i'm gonna have to stop for two seconds you would not believe this literally uh, 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 an ice cream truck can you hear that <laughs> i wanted 99 i'm yeah, yeah. melting bring 99s for everyone uh, so, uh, there's nothing i can do about it if i, I think it. that's lovely i think that's just lovely you, you kind of so have bizarre. to leave it like, in the podcast <laughs> i know i mean it, it shows you how quaint britain is doesn't it that where i where i live so, uh, goldman sachs were doing with the transaction banking unit with marcus and how that may go do i need to redo that again what does that mean i, I didn't need to redo that one Oh, I don't dear. know what it was. I think it was. I don't know how many notifications. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Sorry. Mute, mute the computer. <laughs> mute the computer. Muted. Where did we start again? I can't remember. What did sad I say? Sad face. Oh, so sad face. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll start. Wait, that's happened it's again. It's not me. <laughs> but it sounds like it's coming the from blame you put upon me. <laughs> it could be me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You all looked at Rachel when it happened. Like, that was really... really So swiftly, like, podcast newbie, put your laptop on mute. Um, I don't have any meetings. Laptop is now on mute. (laughs) It was definitely David. (gasps) Shame. I normally get the little banner thing. (laughs) Um, I didn't get the banner thing. All right, fine. Coming up, we continue our look back on the last year of Fintech Insider and meet the rest of the team who make it what it is. We'll be back after this quick break. Welcome back to our special behind-the-scenes edition of Fintech Insider Insights. One thing we really love about what we do is that it's so much more than the podcast. We want to create content that has real value, that engages and connects our industry. Two people that know all about that are Melania Pruti, Events Manager, and Sasha Holub, Senior Designer at 11FS. Thanks for joining me, guys. How are you doing? Is this weird? So weird, but fascinating. Um, I think as a designer, it's nice to see how things are made. Awesome. Melania? Welcome to your first podcast at 11FS. How do you feel? Um, it's a little bit weird for me, but it looks good. <laughs> I think we're all finding this slightly out of our comfort zone, to be honest, <laughs> even some of us that are very familiar with the podcast. So um, it's really great to have you guys with us. And thanks for, for you know taking the time. And uh, I don't know whether you self-nominated or Liam told you to join, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, so Sasha, Tell us, what does a senior designer at 11FS do for our, for our listeners? What do you do for them? What do you do for Fintech Insider? Uh, I think in Fintech, senior designer can mean a bunch of things. But I think specifically within the growth team, we're talking about marketing design. 
So I think I would best describe my job as I work with like subject matter experts to like design engaging digital content. And with so much happening across what we do at 11FS, across the world of fintech, is there such thing as a typical week? What does your week look like? Uh, No, there is not a typical week, but I would say normally I've got like a big project on the go. Um, So that's usually a report uh, and all of that sort of campaign material that goes with it. Um, So I usually work with like the Ventures team, Pulse, maybe a few external clients uh, to kind of understand what is the content, um, why are we talking about it, uh, who are we talking to and building a sort of a visual theme based on that. But then I usually have smaller projects on the go at the same time. So I don't know, there might be a social brief that I've got to unpack from Tom or an unfiltered article from Adam, um, and of course, podcast assets. Uh, I've got to keep that growth uh, content machine churning. Absolutely. And for anyone who has seen our podcast content, which if they're listening to this, we would bet that they have, uh, all of the assets are designed week in, week out by Sasha. So you, you, if you're listening to this, you would have seen uh, some of her fantastic work. And so this year has been a, a huge year for, for us, for the company, for the team. What's your biggest win of the year? Um, hands down the 11FS awards. Um, I think having worked on it for like eight months, seeing that all come together for like the actual night itself, um, was really nice. And like seeing people react to the design work that I've done, um, like seeing winners, like clutching the trophies that we've uh, worked on or like sponsors taking photographs of the artwork, but also seeing the great team like suited and booted. That was pretty special. Yeah, it's rare that we dress up, but it was it was nice to get the opportunity to to do so. For once, we weren't all wearing fintech insider t-shirts. Um, but yeah, you're right. The awards was an amazing event, uh, which we'll we'll talk about in more detail with Melania uh, as well. But visually, it looked stunning. I know I'm I'm obviously biased, but I think it was you know one of the better looking uh, awards. There's so much care was put into the design, the look and feel, the entire experience, and and the trophies themselves. If you haven't seen them, they are beautiful trophies um and also we upgraded them from last year on the color scheme as well all of the uh, awards were were super colorful which paid dividends as well as you say like people were taking photos of them um people just wanted to show them off which is kind of why we do it as well <laughs> um we wanted the awards to be something that people would be proud to win um and you know that is sort of evidence that that they were so speaking of events um we run industry events all year round, not just once a year for the awards. Um, Melania, tell us what's actually involved uh, in putting an event like the awards or any others that we run together. Um, I guess uh, for me, it's about teamwork. Um, It's a lot of, uh, actually, it's uh, hard work planning an event, but it's also quite fun. Um, and I guess it's also like similar to podcasts. Uh, so it's about making sure that all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together and everyone knows their role in that. But yeah, for me, it's mainly like teamwork. And I think, yeah, the, the awards itself was like huge evidence of that. Everybody knows their, their sort of part to play, but you, I mean, you shouldn't downplay your own part as the events manager, like putting us all in those roles and, and helping to to pull it off, um, uh, which is no mean feat seeing as you you joined us kind of halfway through the process as well. Um, and yeah, something like an, an awards event is one of the biggest events that we do. There's, there's so many pieces uh, in that. From your perspective, what did you think of the awards? How well did it go? 
I think it was um, an incredible evening because we also had the opportunity to kind of recognize and celebrate some of the brightest in the fintech industry. But also, as I said, we had fun as a team and it was nice to see everyone enjoy themselves. And uh, yeah, as Sasha said, it was also good to see finally like all the planning of the all the month and efforts coming together on the evening so absolutely and like yeah we do these events for many reasons but one of them is to bring the community together and to give them a good time uh, and i think the awards was a huge evidence of that not least uh, because one of the standout features of it was a donut tower um can we talk more about that that was very popular in people's social media posts and so on um Whose idea was that? How did we? How did that come to fruition? Um, I think it was a team idea. Really, we wanted to have something which was tasty, but also look to see as well, visually nice. So, yeah, I think it was a team idea, uh, definitely. <laughs> and those those donuts were branded, right, Sasha? Like, um, how do you go about branding a donut? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think first you need to taste the donut. Very uh, important. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of a cinnamon scroll. But yeah, keeping it simple because you don't want, I don't think anyone would want to eat a neon mint donut. No, not in flavor or color, really. Both would be a bit off No. no. <laughs> but yeah, check out the highlights from the event if you want to see what uh, an 11FS branded donut looks like. Melania, any other highlights uh, since you've joined us? I know you only joined us uh, in September, October, so you're the, the the newest member of our team. Any highlights or anything that you're particularly looking forward to next year? Um, I'm actually really looking forward to after dark events. So they told me that they're quite um, cool and a very relaxing also environment. So I'm really looking forward to plan the next after dark. Uh, but also we had some more ideas that we kind of wish to put in place. So let's see what 2024 is going to bring us. Excellent foreshadowing. Stay tuned for upcoming events from 11FS. We have more ideas up our sleeve. But as Melania said, one of the most rewarding parts of FinTech Insider are the After Dark events. If you've ever been to one uh, this year or otherwise, we really hope you enjoy it. We put so much energy into bringing our community together. Uh, These events are our opportunity to bring the podcast to you uh, and the atmosphere is always incredible as uh, Alex and George were talking about earlier. Um, So here are some of the best bits from our After Dark events. From 11FS, this is Fintech Insider News. In today's news show, we bring you Silicon Valley Bank's sold to US rival, Klarna launches ChatGPT plugin, and we play a really weird big old game of Fintech higher and lower. We get into all of this and much, much more on today's show, Fintech Insider After Dark, live at the Steel Yard in London. That was a good crowd, I'm feeling that. Welcome to episode 723 of Fintech Insider News. By our count, this is the 20th edition of Fintech Insider After Dark, which is... Before we get going, I mean, obviously we're, we're here in Money 2020 in Amsterdam. Um, what's been your highlight? What's, the, what's been the thing, you, I mean, don't say the parties, the parties have been good. Uh, <laughs> the free snacks and food have been really delightful as well, but uh, what, what have you enjoyed most? Um, man, uh, I, th- I think it's the classic. Uh, 
concentration of the right people in the right place, right? I think from uh, it's, yeah, on one hand, it's mega knackering, uh, but the other side, it's uh, super productive, at least, you know, for for us, we're, we're still early stage, Series B. Um, so, you know, just having a concentration of right people right here uh, makes a lot of sense, yeah. Do you think it's like some sort of like concentration risk from an industry perspective, though? Getting all of these, getting all these CEOs of really great fintechs and like, you know, do you know what I mean? All this in the same place at the same time, I feel. Well, um, it was kind of mentioned, um, I think, via another, another uh, uh, media outlet that, uh, you know, most of the startup founders were not necessarily even here in the halls here but they were dotted in Amsterdam. And so for us, that's great. Our, our customers are fast growing scale ups. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've been biking around Amsterdam and it's been awesome. The weather's been kick-ass for them. That's, that's your excuse and you're sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, exactly. There's a quick show of hands. I mean, who was paid for anything with cash like today? Stick your hands up if you have. Not many people. Okay, so what about in like the last week? Okay, a few more people last month. Okay, so there's a few people who were just like, I'm just spending crypto. Like, that's all I'm doing. Like, I live in Shoreditch. I'm just buying. There, there's one person who saying that they only spend crypto? Look. Oh, okay, it's, it's Maurizio from 11FS. That actually makes a great deal of sense, actually, given, given Maurizio, really. So uh, he's, uh, he's, not a, uh, he's not a name, more just a, a, a sense at this stage. But... Uh... We can't wait to bring more After Darks to you in 2024, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for more information in the new year and check out 11fs.com forward slash community to be the first to know. Now, there's two more people behind the scenes that I want to introduce to you. The first is Adam Baldwin, our senior marketing manager. And if you've received a bite-sized newsletter, read an article, or you've ever seen an ad for 11FS, it's probably because of Adam. Adam, welcome to Fintech Insider. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Is this a novel experience for you? It is, yeah. It's, um, you know, you're used to listening to this on the train into work and now you're behind the mics. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, even for some of our team, we're going behind the scenes here, right? Yeah, I know. Um, it was really cool hearing some of the AB guys. I was impressed with how velvety George's voice was. Um, yeah. We talked about David Barton Grimley having an excellent voice for radio, but I think George could give him strong competition. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think he's in the running there for sure. Uh, so Adam, explain to our listeners what you do. Uh, the notes here are a little cruel, I would say. So uh, besides spamming their inboxes on a weekly basis. Um, or other than sharing our fantastic content with our lovely subscribers, um, I also help tell the world uh, about 11FS Pulse, uh, our product research tool, um, and 11FS Ventures, where we help financial brands uh, bring their ideas uh, and products to life as well. Um, so whether that's through email, through our reports, global events, um, our website, uh, articles or something else. Um, you know, we don't have a shortage of avenues or channels uh, to explore to help tell the world about what we do and just help them keep pace with this uh, this crazy industry that we all work in. Absolutely. And uh, we also run ads on this very podcast uh, as well. So people should be familiar with uh, our posts and ventures business lines as well. Absolutely. We love a good plug. Uh, and so what have been your Fintech Insider highlights this year? Um, well, I was lucky enough earlier in the year uh, to be involved with the launch of our commercial banking report. So as part of its release, uh, David Barton Grimley, who was one of the co-authors for the report, jumped on the pod to talk a bit more about the findings of the report, some of the insights that were dug up um, with some pretty awesome guests. 
And, you know, like one of the privileges that I have in my role is I get to work alongside the experts that we have in our ventures team. And I get to sort of take some of the learnings that they have and just sort of, you know, dissect their their brain dumps and put it into, you know, long form content, which is really cool. So then, you know, naturally with written content, there's a lot of pruning, there's a lot of editing, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make the cut. Um, so then seeing that sort of translated into audio content where there is a bit more freedom to go off on tangents and sort of explore stuff a bit further, take some deep dives was uh, was really, really cool. So yeah, that was that was pretty enjoyable. Um, and yeah, it was a great panel with uh, yeah Pranav, Valentina uh, and Sarah Kachansky. So also having some insights from people that weren't involved with the report itself. Um, yeah, it was a it was a cool sort of expansion on what we what we got into within the report itself. Yeah, definitely. And it's always sort of a privilege of this podcast to be able to take some of the expertise that you mentioned from 11FS. We have incredible experts across the company, whether they're the host of this show or otherwise, to lend their thoughts to any of the the many topics that come up week on week. So yeah, just being able to kind of showcase some of those insights in, in the many different ways, not just the podcast, but all the marketing content that you mentioned is is kind of our privilege as well. So looking forward to doing more of that in in 2024 absolutely yeah we've got um we've got a lot of cool stuff planned we're already in the works with uh, a new report that will be coming out early in the year so keep your eyes peeled for that but yeah plenty more to come for sure amazing thank you so much for joining us adam thanks great to be here and last but not least we have to bring on the man who sits behind all of our social content so if you don't follow us on linkedin or x then you definitely should but if you do, you can thank Tom Stafford for the posts, the polls and all the good stuff on your feeds. So, Tom, welcome to Fintech Insider. Hello. This is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Normally, you're on like the receiving end of this content, us telling you what a wonderful job we've done putting the podcast together and can you help distribute it for us? And and now you're on it. I know. I, know, I normally try and make a point of at least listening to every episode so I know what's going on. But this time I don't have to because I've been making it, which is nice. Absolutely. And you get to like, if you do listen back, you can skip the bit with yourself in it if you choose to. Yes, I will be like Elton John. I will record the song once and never, ever listen to it again. <laughs> um, so Tom, tell our listeners, uh, what does a social media and community manager actually do? Uh, so I always kind of like struggle to tell people this in a succinct way, but I'm going to give it a best shot. Basically, I wear two kind of hats. So there's kind of like the social media hat and the community hat. And those often overlink but they are essentially two different things so on the social media side it's kind of managing all of 11fs's uh social media channels kind of the day-to-day -day content that goes out on there and the wider content calendar i think we're up to 11 or 12 now across linkedin twitter slash x that i'm still getting used to calling it instagram TikTok, and youtube and then there's the community side which kind of feeds into that so we're, we've kind of uh, built an amazing community around fintech insider and the podcast itself and it's all about kind of nurturing that community kind of making sure that we're always keeping them front of mind with the content we create we're kind of giving them that value that you know we think is so important for everyone to grow the industry uh, as well as growing that community basically trying to make fintech insider as big as it possibly can be absolutely like community is so important to what we do at 11fs but particularly sort of building it around fintech insider like we literally wouldn't be here without our kind of uh, engaged community of listeners uh, around what we do so speaking of our listeners uh what's had the most engagement from our listeners uh in the last year has there been anything that like particularly surpassed your expectations or was you know a bit 
I don't know, funny or strange or anything that kind of uh, really struck a chord with the community this year? Yeah, the strange ones are almost uh, always, always my uh, kind of most favourite things to read online. Uh, definitely a few standout ones. I, rem- I remember we did a cover a story on and I'm finally once where it was about a six-year-old boy who had kind of uh, ran up a $1,000 credit card bill using his dad's smartphone to order pizzas to his house. Asked our followers what they thought about this story, kind of, you know, who's responsible for this? Is this bad parenting? Is it the bank? It's the app. And did have one person who was actually insistent that this six-year-old boy should be made to pay for this bill out of his pocket money every week, which I thought was a bit harsh, but, you know, fair enough. Uh, I always like when we do engagement around big culture events. So recently we did kind of a quick thing about Halloween, and it was like, if you could resurrect any fintech back to life, who would it be and why? Someone commented a fintech's name. I'm not going to say the name. But then the next reply underneath was the CEO of said fintech being like, huh, by the way, we're still very much alive. Sorry about that. So, um, yeah, those are the kind of things that always stand out. The kind of like little funny interactions we get. Love it. We're not dead. We're still here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what have, uh, what's your podcast highlights of the year or the piece of content that you kind of enjoyed distributing uh, the most? So I've kind of picked out a couple. Uh, one of the biggest stories of the year, financial services wise, was obviously the demise of Silicon Valley Bank. And that was very much kind of like a story that played out real time on on social media. It was like, what's happening? This is happening. People were blaming social media for a, a lot of the problems that happened with so, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And obviously, like, we we worked kind of a schedule. So it was kind of like, how, how do we fit into the conversation around that? And how do we kind of uh, make our response to such a fast-moving story? So we kind of did it in two parts. We kind of led on social, which is very much my lane. But then as we kind of, like, uh, the story developed, we managed to build out and re-kind of structure an episode of FinTech Insider to take a deep dive on that story. And I felt that episode in particular, we did a really good job of it. It kind of laid out everything to me. It kind of laid out everything that was easy enough for understand for a casual listener, but also we kind of looked at it with that uh, strong kind of fintech heavy angle where if you're kind of, you know, finance expert, you'd get a lot of value out of that too. So that was, de- that was definitely kind of, you know, the biggest story of the year potentially. And I think we did a really good job of handling that. Uh, but then from like more of a personal kind of uh one that's more relevant to me and kind of where I sit in the business. Uh, back in April, we did a podcast, an insights podcast, all dedicated to community banks uh, and where they kind of sit in the world in 2023. Let's say 2024 then, but not 2024 yet. But um, if anyone doesn't know what a community bank is, it's kind of a uniquely American concept. So community banks are basically a small bank, usually brick and mortar, that very much sit within their kind of uh, geographical community. And that because of that, they kind of tailor their services to what their community needs, right? So they might be offering, you know, loans to small businesses. They might be providing financial education and support to their local community. They might even, you know, sponsor their local sports team. But they're very much kind of in tune with their surrounding area, what their customers need, and very much tailor everything they do towards that. Um so that was kind of like an interesting kind of look into how kind of a business thinks about community, which you traditionally think of, you know, banks are these kind of like monolithic, faceless kind of corporate structures. But actually, no, there are kind of uh, definitely banks out there who are doing it and doing it well. 
And also as part of our research for the episode, we did find out that there is definitely at least one bank in America that has its own podcast studio, which is kind of like a, a nice little quirk when you're making a podcast about banks. A meeting of worlds, yeah. And I can I can definitely understand why the kind of ethos of a community bank would be of particular interest to you as our community manager uh, and always looking at, at what we can do to bring more value to, to our community at Fintech Insider and beyond as well. Um, but also on a lighter note, our, and finally part of Fintech Insider, which our listeners should be familiar with on our news show, wouldn't be quite the same without you. Um, so you always manage to dig out the weirdest and funniest stories from around the world, uh, from your from your social media expertise. What have been your, your standouts from this year, your favourites? Yeah, this is very much a social media manager's dream kind of job is when <laughs> producer Liam goes, help, I need an unfinally story this week. And I'm like, right, cool. I could just dive into the oddest parts of Twitter and find the most tenuous thing possible. Um, definitely a favourite, which I did not expect from this year, was um, basically, so in the UK, uh, we have a thing called the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that happens every August. For anyone who doesn't know, it's basically, probably, I'm not sure for a fact, the biggest comedy festival in the world. Comedians travel from all across the world, either up-and-coming comedians who are kind of trying to make it, or more established comedians trying to uh, test out new material. And uh, every year, a lot of uh, publications run their 10 top jokes from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, this year, I believe it was the BBC uh, ran one, and the top joke was actually a banking joke. So, you know, light bulbs went off in our heads. We are like, brilliant, we can use this as an finally story. Uh, so we challenged our FinTech Insider hosts to come on the next FinTech Insider News. Uh, with their best financial services jokes. I'm not going to lie, our hopes weren't the highest, uh, but Benjamin Ensor, bless him, came armed with uh, an array of financial services jokes and shockingly great delivery. So that, that was definitely a highlight. Oh, totally agree. Definitely one of my high points of the year is getting Ben to introduce Stand Up on Fintech Insider. Things that I didn't think would happen, and I'm so glad that they did. Um, and on that note, we've put together some of the best bits from our And Finally stories from the year, including Benjamin's infamous Stand Up. Check it out. I mean, I'm just conscious as well for our international listeners. I don't know how international love hearts as sweets or candy are. Like, they're just these little, little circular... I've no idea what they're even made of, actually, which frightens me. Actually, when, they, when you think about something that you've eaten a lot, and you're like, I've literally no idea how to describe <laughs> what this is. Maybe it's sherbet. I, don't I know. think it's, it's yeah. yeah, but little like circles about the size maybe of a, a standard coin, and they have little phrases on them that just say sort of things like "I love you" or "What are these called?" "You're handsome." Love hearts. They're quite. If you're feeling a bit, you know, down in the dumps, you just want to cheer yourself up. It's just like a packet of sweets that gives you compliments. On on loop. Oh, I think I've seen these. Yeah, okay. I'd recommend them just to, just to cheer yourself up. Um, Let me so, place a bulk order. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so just to round us off, I just to get, yeah, I also to get some psychological insight as well into the panel. I think it'd be helpful if there's. Um, what would your perfect love heart say if you're going to open a open a tube of love hearts and first on the top? What 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 do you want it to say, Alia? Bite me came first to mind. So. <laughs> There probably is already a love heart that says bite me. <laughs> okay, Sid? Uh, and we still this one from a webcomic and it's cheese is available. I think those are the three great words. Cheese being available is always a good thing. Dan? More sugar now. I feel like they're very sweet. I don't think I've ever had them, so okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if that works, but it's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I think on a similar thing, like, you know, 
given that my stomach has been rumbling all the way through this podcast, I think mine would have to be food related. Mine had to be like, you know, pizza's on its way or something. Like I think it had to be something, something food related. Benjamin, do you have a financial services joke that you can you can add to our list? I've been waiting for this all day. I really hope you do. <laughs> if if you have no interest in banking, you are not alone. Uh, oh, um, I've got a, I got okay. a slightly better one. Um, <laughs> why are Irish bankers Ooh. so successful? Uh-oh, this could go very badly wrong. <laughs> why? Because, because their capital is always Dublin. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did you Google to find these jokes? Well, I Googled banking jokes, which produce very few results. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't think I know any banking jokes. It's just like banking. I don't don't really tell jokes generally. I just tell anecdotes. And I feel like most anecdotes that I now have about banking are not funny. They're just quite sad. I know one about accountants. Okay. How do you spot the extrovert in a group of accountants? He's the one looking at someone else's shoes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's probably enough of the joke section of Fintech Insider. (laughs) Yeah. So this headline comes from the Daily Dot. Job applicant lists, quote, balloon animals on his resume. So boss brings balloons to the job interview. So many people add a few little white lies on their resume. But a dentist on TikTok shared that a job applicant listed, quote, balloon animals in the skill section of their resume, then was shocked when the interviewer wanted to see the balloon animals firsthand during their interview. So TikTok user uh, Dr. Brady at Dr. Brady Smith, a dentist with over 263,000 TikTok followers, has garnered more than 412,000 views with his video sharing the story. So Brady lays out a scenario in which an applicant for the dental assistant position at his office listed balloon animals in the special skills section of their resume. He then added, quote, then I bring balloons to the interview and you can't make balloon animals. Not only are you not getting the job, but I'm pressing charges, he jokes. To learn you're lying the whole time about that, like you belong in jail, you savage animal, he adds. Uh, that was a direct quote. Um, I don't even really know where to uh, start with this, as is often the case with our finally story, and I do think that producer Matt, whenever I'm on, just finds the weirdest ones that he possibly can just to sabotage me. And with that, your look behind the scenes of Fintech Insider has come to an end. Uh, a big thank you to everyone in the 11FS growth team for making the podcast what it is, whether they've joined us today or not, uh, and looking forward to an exciting year ahead. And also a huge thank you to all of you for listening. We literally wouldn't have a job without you. So thank you so much for keeping coming back and, and sticking with us on Fintech Insider. Uh, as always, if you like what you've heard, do go and follow our podcast and don't forget to leave us a review. It helps to make it better and helps others find the show. And as always, if you want to join the conversation with Tom and everyone else, uh, find us on social media. Just search for 11FS or Fintech Insider or email podcasts at 11FS.com. Thank you very much. Goodbye.